Well, amen, under the blood, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad it's under the blood? I'll tell you what, I'm glad it's not under somebody else's way of doing things. I'm glad it's under the blood, amen. Woo, I'll tell you what, that just gives me chills just thinking about it, amen. That's good, girls, you bless my heart tonight. Take your Bibles and turn with me uh, this evening to Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word. And no, uh, just because the, the Chiefs are playing in the playoffs, I'm not going to preach a message titled, Kick Me Through the Goalpost of Life, Dear Jesus. I, uh, we're not going to go that route. Some of you probably need to be kicked through the goalpost, but we're not going to do that tonight, amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, we're going to begin reading in verse 14. It says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There in verse 16 be our text is all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We've been preaching on Sunday nights a series which we've titled Learning to Hear God. Learning to Hear God. Tonight I'd like to preach a message hearing God in the reading of Scripture. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. Lord, we thank you for the songs that's been sung. We thank you that you've been lifted up. Lord, lift our hearts up to you. Lord, I pray that we might magnify you through the preaching of thy word. Lord, you've been magnified through the singing. Now, Lord, may you be magnified through the, the Scripture. Lord, I pray now that you'd be glorified. Thank you so much for salvation. Thank you for your love. Lord, you know the needs of those who are not able to be here tonight because of illness, because of other issues and, and, and so forth in their lives. Lord, I pray that you would be with them, comfort them, strengthen them. Lord, be with Connie and the family with the passing of Larry. Lord, I pray that you'd comfort them, be with them this week, Lord, and all that will be said and done. Lord, I pray that you'd be with those who are sick, touch their bodies, raise them up, glorify yourself, Lord, in the healing touch of God. Lord, we thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you for the scripture that guides us and directs us. Bless now in the preaching of thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. Probably the best and easiest place to fellowship with the Lord is in the scriptures. When you get into the word of God, it's, it's there that God speaks to us probably the loudest in many respects. Speaks to our hearts and speaks to our minds and speaks to our souls through the Scripture. As you get in the Bible and you begin to read, and you begin to listen to the Lord and allow God to speak to your heart. Many times, though, we, I don't know if you do this, have you ever skipped over verses, you, especially if you see the long list of names uh, or different things, maybe over in the book of Numbers or you get over in Leviticus and go through all the, uh, the different sacrifices and you just kind of read through them real fast. Can I tell you that... Uh, you're missing something when you do. You're missing something when you do. God has a reason and a plan for putting those things there. They may seem unimportant to us, but God put them there for a reason. And we should see what God has a reason for in, in, as He wants to speak to us through the Word of God. Uh, for example, I, you know, may, and you're probably familiar with this verse, and, and just, this is just, just one of them that's kind of pulled out there. Psalm 60. 
Psalm 60 says, Moab is my wash pot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Philistine, triumph thou because of me. The preacher doesn't get a thing out of that. And most time we'll jump over a verse like that where it says that, that, uh, that uh, Moab is my wash pot. And we say, man, I, I just don't get anything out of that. And again, but it appears again in Psalms 108. Basically the very same thing. It says, Moab is my wash pot. Over Eden will I cast out my shoe. Over Philistine will I triumph. And yet, the Lord put those verses there for you and me. He's trying to tell us something. He's trying to speak to you and me. You say, well, I didn't get a thing out of it. Well, the problem is, is that, hey, we won't hear what God is trying to speak through His Scripture unless we listen. And we won't get what He wants us when we're jumping over verses in the Bible just because we don't understand them and don't really see any importance in them and you jump over them. You're missing maybe what God's trying to tell you. Could I give you a little bit of what that might mean? The Moabites were wicked relatives of the Israelites. Okay, you go back and do a little search in the Old Testament, you'll find that they are relatives of the Israelites, but they were the wicked relatives of them. And they, uh, they lived wickedly, they did wickedly. But what you'll find is that God used that, and maybe what the Lord's trying to show us here, if you listen to what the Lord's saying, He might be trying to tell you that the meaning is, is that when my people Israel got dirty and, and didn't do what they were supposed to do, I used wicked relatives as a wash pot to clean them up. As they begin to go out into sin and get dirty, I used their wicked relatives that lived next door to them, you might say, to wash them, to clean them up, to put them in subjection so that they would have to repent and get right. And so he used that. You say, well, okay, I, okay, preacher, I understand that. Well, but maybe the Lord might be speaking to you and me. You know, we're living in a day and time when we're, and I don't know about you, but I, uh, daily I pray, pray for our nation. I pray for the leaders of our nation. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've already been going through a list of things. God, they're doing this, 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 and it's against the Word of God. God, do something. God, do something. And I think it's right to pray about that. I think it's, it's right to ask God to do that, to intervene and, but, and, and, to, and to save their souls. They need to be saved. If they won't get saved, then God needs to remove them. And we need to pray that direction too. God can take their hearts and turn with us whoever He wants to. But I mean, they have, they have already reinstituted abortion, pushing it with even greater terms, they say. They're going to codify it, and they're going to, they're going to basically they're going to institute a lot more into that type of deal. They have already, in everything, removed gender. <laughs> I seen a deal the other day, I thought it was so funny, it said something like this. Uh, here, we, here, Kamala Harris is the first woman vice president, but she can't even claim it because her party took gender out. The fact is, is that we're living in some wicked times. And so we begin to list those things as we pray and as I was praying. And then you look at that in comparison to that Moab is my wash pot. He said, because they're wicked and they're vile. He said, he said but I'm going to use them to wash you. Maybe the Lord's saying, you know what? It's okay for you to pray about those things, but did you ever stop and think about yourself? that maybe I'm going to use the wicked Moab 
if I could refer to them as that, as the wash pot to clean you up. You see, God's going, Jesus said over the New Testament that He will present us without spot and without blemish before our Heavenly Father. Maybe we've got to go through the wash pot as the church of Christ. You see how God can speak through His Word? You see how He can speak? The Holy Spirit can begin to use some things that we many times would jump over, don't even try to figure out what's going on there, don't even try to listen to what maybe the Holy Spirit of God is, is leading us into, into that. And so maybe He's saying, hey, listen, you're concerned and praying for, for me to change the wicked in your nation, and that's okay. But have you thought about your own stance? Have you thought about where you are? Maybe I need to run you through the wash pot. And so God speaks to us. Well, first of all, we, we must learn to listen. If we're going to hear the voice of God, if we're going to hear the Lord in Scripture, we've got to learn to listen to God as, as we read the Scriptures. Uh, in 1 Timothy 4.1 there it says, Now the Spirit speak expressly. Otherwise, the Spirit of God is speaking. He says expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And, and I understand that that others deal in, in context with some other things. But it, it points out that the Spirit of God speaks to us expressly concerning things. Well, that's not just in the, that's not just in, in the day when they was writing the New Testament. That's today. Now, what I believe is that the Holy Spirit reveals things, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Through the Scripture, the Lord speaks to us, and the Holy Spirit is helping us to, uh, to hear that. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 6, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Notice what it says, What the Spirit saith unto the churches. Are you the church? Yes, we are. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are the church. It's not this building, but you and I are the church. Jesus Christ is not coming back for this building. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for the bride of Christ. That's you and me as Christians that he's coming back for in the rapture. And so we are the church. He says, if you have an ear, listen to the Spirit. How does the Spirit speak to us? He doesn't speak to us through an audible voice necessarily, but he speaks to our heart and our minds and our soul. As we begin to get into the Scripture and other areas of our lives, and we've dealt with that, how the Spirit speaks, but he speaks expressly through the Scripture. If we're seeking to hear from God, the, the, uh, uh, when we get into the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit will speak and we should listen and we should hear. At best, you know, you can go down to my office and I've got commentaries. I've got, you know, different commentaries on maybe certain books in the Bible. And then I've got several sets of commentaries on all the, the books of the Bible written by different men and different ones. And those are good. They're fine. And I use them. There's nothing wrong with commentaries. And you can go down there and right behind me there's a... There's a uh, a set of, of J. Vernon McGee's. There's another one of Wearsby. You look over on this side and there's a whole set of, uh, of pulpit commentaries by, uh, it's an it's a old set of, of uh, men from years and years and years ago that, that put together and just trying to help you understand what the scripture is saying. And those commentaries are fine. But can I tell you something? No commentary can tell you what God's trying to tell you face to face. A commentary is good to give you understanding. Commentary is good to, to get you to thinking and to begin to listen. 
But it comes down to the fact that we need the Spirit of God. We need to allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to our hearts. The best commentaries of when the Lord said, you know, what's, what the, you know, the very best commentaries, the Lord said something to somebody else during their time of need. They're good, but the Lord wants to speak to you personally in your time of need right now. And it may not be the same thing He spoke to them. We, when we listen to the Lord while reading the Scriptures, we'll make the, the scriptures, it'll make the Scriptures come alive as He interprets them, as He applies them, as He makes them relevant to where we are right now in our life. You're holding a book in your, in your hand right there that a lot of people say that it's archaic and it's not relevant today. Can I tell you something? This book is not out of date. It's very much up to date. It knows what's going to happen tomorrow before it ever happens. God's Word is the final authority, not only from back when it was written, but even up until the day that, that the Lord takes us home and until the ending of this world, this book is on spot. Amen. There is no error in it. It's true from cover to cover, and you can open it up and you can find Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation. My friend, I want you to understand that God wants to speak to us through His Word. He's trying to, trying to give us understanding. When you get in to the Word of God and you begin to try to say, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice as you speak to me through the Scripture. You're going to experience the revelation of God. Say, preacher, what is that? Well, that's God telling you about Himself. That's important. Not only that, but you're going to see interpretation the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal the interpretation of Scriptures, what the Scriptures, scriptures really mean at the writing of that time and, and understanding. A lot of people will just take, and they try to make doctrines out, they'll just take uh, uh, verses out of context. Context means that if a verse is here, but there's Scripture up here, they just pull this verse out and, and build something just only out of it without looking at what it is in context. Interpretation says you must look at the context in which it is written. Otherwise, you're not going to really understand what was written. You've got to look in context. You've got to understand what was there. That would be like saying you go to a, a report, a police report, and you just, you just buzz down here at about midways, and, and it says uh, Wyatt killed the next-door neighbor, shot him three times. You murderer. <laughs> but if you go to the context of it, before that it says, the next door neighbor calls him by name, broke into the house with the intent to harm and to kill and to rob and to destroy. You look after the verse, it says, Wyatt defended his family. Context makes a lot of difference. Context. And so in order to interpret what was there, you had to look at what was before and what was after. A lot of people just grab a verse here and there without context. My friend, understand, as the, as the Lord begins to speak to you, He's going to put things in context. There's got to be an interpretation. There has to, you have to have an understanding of what's taking place in that Scripture as, as it is written. And... and, and 
back up to back up to Revelation in the Scripture. The Lord is going to reveal Himself, and we'll talk about that in a minute. The next thing that you have is application. As you get into the Word of God, yes, you've got the revelation of God. He, he, he reveals Himself to you as He speaks to you. It'd be like me coming up to White and saying, for the first time and saying, Hello, my, na- my name's Rodney Haggett. I'm pastor of Calvary Baptist Church. I live in Marshall, Missouri. We, and I begin to reveal some things to him about me. I've got, I've got uh, four kids. Um, I've got uh, nine grandkids. I, uh, you know, and I, I love to fish. I love to hunt. And uh, no, I'm not telling you where my fishing holes are. And so I begin to reveal to him. That's revelation. You've got interpretation, which the Spirit of God helps us to see, gives us understanding. Okay? Then you have what is called application, where it's this. As you get in, the Holy Spirit begins to take what you learn from the interpretation and apply it to you. So. Because if you read, uh, if you read about Moab being the worst pot, and and you and you be, and let's say you got the understanding, you've got the interpretation that okay, Moab uh, was used to help bring Israel back to God. Okay, that's good. They're the wash pot. But if you don't apply that, you missed out greatly too. So the Spirit of God says, "Hey, wait a minute. This verse is not just for Israel and Moab. This verse is for you, and here's how it applies to your life. If you've got things in your life, God may take you in before the enemy and allow you to go under difficult times or struggles or attacks by the enemy or whatever it is to get you to hit the altar and get your heart right with God. And He's speaking to you expressly, and He's taking that, that verse and He's applying it to your life personally. Many times what we do in the preaching, we're sitting there and the preacher's preaching on something and we got application, but our application is this. That's for him. That's for her. And we apply it to somebody else. I mean, it's a lot easier to do it that way. Instead of opening our hearts and saying, Lord, apply it to my life. you got to be willing to know what God wants to say about your life. Ooh. Let me say that again. You've got to be willing when you're reading the scripture to be, to, for God to speak to you about your life. Amen. That you can take the scripture and apply it to your life also. And so you have, you have the two there, the application of the scriptures. You have the, the uh, interpretation and you have the revelation. But let me go back and, and go through those quickly here and just kind of give you an understanding. I'm trying to give you to, tonight an understanding of how you can hear God through the scripture when you read it. Or maybe when it's preached, or maybe when it's taught, and you're reading the scripture along with them. Revelation, notice the disciples. Uh, if we just go back in, into, into Matthew uh, uh, chapter 16, you'll find that uh, the disciples were talking amongst themselves, and they had heard what different people were saying about Jesus Christ and, and so forth, and, and, and the disciples were discussing that. And, and so Jesus then takes it and makes it personal. In their life. Let me read the scripture to you. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They say, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elias. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the, the prophets. 
He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? The revelation of God about Himself is for you personally. But if you're not listening, you're not going to be thinking about who He is personally in your life. So he takes, he said, everybody else is talking about Jesus. They're talking about Jesus. And what are they saying about me? And they say, well, they say that you're this person, that person, whatever. And then he turns to him and says, who do you say I am? When you're in the scripture, the Lord wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you. He's not trying to reveal himself necessarily to the person sitting next to you by what you're reading. He's trying to get you to listen about him to you revealing himself the revelation of who God is and all about God and, and, and what we can know about him. And Simon Peter goes on and says, And Simon Peter answered and says, And said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He caught on, didn't he? And, Christ, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Berjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. That's important. But my Father which is in heaven. The Lord spoke to his heart. The question was, what does everybody else think? Okay, but what about you? And the Lord is continuing. When you get in the Word of God, the Lord's trying to speak to you and reveal himself to you. It would be like this. If I would come up as a total stranger to Lily, and I would begin to talk to her and, and, and talk about, man, don't you hope the Chiefs win? She'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe she's never seen me before. Uh, what, do you think, what do you think about, uh, you know, what's happening politically? And she'd go, oh, and everything. And we talk about that and everything. I turn around and walk off. And she's going to like, who was that? Who was that? That was weird. That was strange because I never revealed who I was. You know what? She would completely forget, basically, eventually, about who I was. And she might remember, man, there was a strange fellow come talk to me one day. I don't even know who he was. Have you ever been driving down the highway or street or something like that? And my wife does this to me all the time. A lot of times around town, we'd be meeting somebody and I'll wave at them. She said, who's that? And I said, have no idea. <laughs> That's just the way it is down southeast Missouri, isn't it? You just see somebody. You say, why do you do that? I think it comes from way back when to make sure they didn't have a gun in their hand so then, you know, but anyway, uh, you just kind of throw up your hand and, and keep on going, you know, you wave, saying, I'm, I'm not here to shoot you or anything. We'll just keep going. And, uh, but that's all right. There's situations in your life and my life that, you know, people have approached us. We know who they were. The Lord doesn't want it to be that way. He cares about you personally. He wants a personal relationship with you. But in order to have that personal relationship, you've got to listen to Him tell you who He is. That's revelation. Revealing who He is. Not just who He is, but what He does and, and how He does it and and about him. I mean, that's, that's the whole scenario of his life of revealing himself to you and I. Revelation comes when, when our God reveals himself to us uh, so that we can, we can say like, like they did there in Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 12 says, For I know whom I have believed, 
And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. If you don't know him, if you haven't listened to him through the scriptures and in his revealing himself, how can you say, I know whom I've believed? And how can you say, I can trust him? How can you say, I'm willing to commit everything in my life to him when you don't know him? As he's trying to reveal himself, as he speaks to you through the scripture. You see, God wants you to know him personally. He's not interested in you just having some facts and knowing about him. That's the difference between reading and reading and listening. If you're just reading the Bible to say that you've read your Bible and you're not trying to listen to God, all you're doing is getting facts. All you're doing is getting history. Can I tell you that this book is not necessarily a history book. This is a living book. It's the Word of God. As He is trying to reveal Himself to you and I, even today. If this was... If it was not a living book, then it would be dead in history. And all that mattered is what took place then. All that would matter about God is what He did then. It wouldn't matter about what's happening now. And so He's trying to show us who He is in Revelation and showing us about Himself so we can understand that it's today that He he lives within us and He desires for us to know Him in a greater way. If we'll but listen when we read the scripture, the Lord's revealing himself to us in many ways. Like, for instance, we, we've been preaching on Wednesday nights the, the names of Jesus Christ. We preached this last Wednesday on the name Lord. I don't know if you got anything out of that, but I'll tell you what, all week that has been sticking in my mind about Lord Jesus, that he is the ruler, that I live within his kingdom. And that, that's something as he's revealed to us through the scripture. There's nothing more important in your, in your Christian walk than your personal knowledge and understanding of, of God as He reveals Himself to you, helping you to know Him. The greater the understanding of who He is, the greater the fellowship. And as we listen to in the Scripture, as we read it, we learn His ways. We learn things about Him. We learn how He's going to deal with things. We learn of His holiness. We, we learn of His power. We, you say, well, I, what do you mean we learn of his power? We, we see many instances where he divided, he divided the Red Sea. He, he divided the Jordan. He, he, he stopped the Pharaoh's army. He closed it back up on Pharaoh's army, the power of God. We, we read over there in, in the Old Testament how that when Korah and all of his wicked men, how they, they rebelled against Moses and God opened up the earth with an earthquake and dropped them in it and closed it back up. We read how that Jesus uh, uh, spoke to the blind and touched the blind and, 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 and give them sight. How that he made the, the deaf to hear and the dumb to talk and how he raised the dead and, and, and how that he, he uh, uh, fed the 5,000 and the, and, and, the, and the others with the loaves of bread and just a, a few fish. And we see the power of God. We see him calming the, 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 the waters as uh, uh, Peter uh, begins to sink and they get in the boat and immediately there's a still as he... And another time when he gets up and they're worried the, the boat's about to sink and fill with water and he gets up and he says, peace be still. And a great calm comes upon it. We see in the scriptures and we hear from the Spirit of God how powerful he is and how mighty he is. And how he rose from the dead. 
We see that power. We learn of His power. We learn to praise Him and for praise Him for His wonderful magnificence and all that He does as we read and listen in the Scripture. That's Revelation, Him revealing Himself to us. And then we have interpretation, which we spoke of. We also need the Holy Spirit to give us that interpretation of the Scripture as it is and its setting and relevance at that time so that we can see and understand how the Lord worked and, and will work in our lives. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, it says, We have also a, sure, a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do dwell, that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing first that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so there's that we learn as our great teacher of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us reveals what, he's, what is taking place in the Scripture, as we said a while ago, showing and revealing the work of God, understanding how the Lord works and His judgment and His wrath and His patience and His mercy and His desire and His love and, and so on as He answers prayer. We see how that, you know, and, and we see the setting of it and that interpretation of the Scripture taken in context, revealing the mannerism of God and how He works that we might know Him better. But it's in the interpretation. It is in context, knowing the Scripture as He reveals Himself to us. But my friend, if you just read straight through it and don't get an understanding of it, if you don't get the, the, the true interpretation of it, you, it'll mislead you. There's a lot of false doctrines been built on a failure to have the, the interpretation. Now that interpretation is important because without that, then you could almost look at, at the Lord as being a, 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 a terrible person. Look at, look at, go back in the Old Testament and, and how that the Lord commanded them to completely wipe out certain people. But if you look at it in context, God had, and you go back and you do the history on it and you look at it, God had tried to reach those people, tried to get them to do what was right, and they wouldn't. And they worship and serve pagan gods. Oh, but preacher, they have been that way. No. You go, you go to Adam. Everybody started from Adam. God was known by Adam. But at some point in history, every person makes a choice the direction they're going. Oh, yeah, but it got corrupted and, and everything. Yeah, I understand that. But then God started over again with Noah and those on the ark. But then people made their choices again. You see, you've got to look at it in context. You hear people talk about well, how could God send anybody to hell? Can I tell you something? If you look at the context, if you look at the Scripture, you'll realize God has done absolutely everything He can to keep people out of hell. He can do no more because He's a holy God. He's a just God. He cannot overlook the sin. Sin has to be paid for. And so therefore, He made a way. He gave His Son who 
who had never sinned, who had sinless blood, and that son shed his sinless blood that we might have eternal life. He made a way. There was no other way. There had to be a payment. There had to be a sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says, there is no remission of sin. Jesus Christ shed his blood for you and me. So therefore, he's not a mean God because he sends somebody to hell. My friend, he gives you a choice. And he has done everything he can, not only send his son to die on Calvary for you and raise him from the dead so he can have eternal life, but sending prophets and priests and, 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 and preachers and, and teachers and missionaries and, and, and just Christians to get the gospel out and give the gospel and tell people and to warn people and to invite people and, and to show them what God's done in their life. He's done everything he can. But if you take it out of context, yeah, you can say he's a mean God. That's why we need the interpretation. As we look at what God did and why He did it and for the purpose of it, He begins to reveal to us and show us Himself and, and all mannerisms in which He did things and help us to understand that, hey, listen, I did these things in this day and time and I can do them in your day and time. We, should be wise to we would be wise to listen as the Spirit unfolds the Scriptures for understanding, realizing that God wants us to know all about Him. Then an application. One of the most exciting parts, I think, is in the Scripture is, is how the Scripture unfolds. And as God begins to speak to us, as the Holy Spirit begins to reveal, reveal us, takes verses and applies it to your life and to my life. Application is great, man. It's, it's one of the most exciting parts there. He, as He speaks to your heart and your mind to, to read the Scriptures and the application to everyday living. It's not just something that is out in the future, but it's for everyday living. He says, my word is a lamp into, thy, into your feet and a light into your path. He says, listen, the word of God, he said, I want to take it on a daily uh, uh, basis in your life and let the word of God give you light unto your path. Give you, give you a lamp for your feet, knowing how to live for me, how to, how to face the day, how to face the problems, how to face the struggles, how to get a hold of God, how to help somebody else, how to be a blessing, how to know and trust the Lord. And, and on goes the list. He gives us a daily application from the Word of God if we will but listen to the Spirit of God as He reveals the Scripture to us. There's so many things that God is trying to take and apply to our lives. Yet many times we look over and we jump over and we're not listening. You see, He speaks and guides through the Word if we'll listen. It'll increase our faith in difficult times. One of the verses, and you hear me quote it time and time again, there's, there's probably not very many messages I don't, that I, but what I preach, but what I don't quote, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, 6 through 7. Five through seven. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Have you listened to the Holy Spirit before as you read that verse? And the Holy Spirit saying, Listen, today, young ladies, today, trust the Lord. Don't know what you're going to face today. You don't know what you're going to face, but he says when you face it, trust the Lord. It may be difficult times. It may be struggles. It may be things you don't understand. He said, trust the Lord in it. Trust the Lord in it. Fellas, he may say, 
in that scripture, he may say, listen, you're going to face some things today and you're going to try to figure out. He said, lean not into thine own understanding. Don't necessarily worry about trying to figure it out. Previous that, he said, trust the Lord. He said, listen, don't try to figure it out. Don't try to be your own, own boss in the situation. Trust me. He said, lean not into thine own understanding. He goes on, he says, in all thy ways, whatever you're doing, he said, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Amen. And he, who's he? God. Will direct thy paths. Goes on and says, Be not wise thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. He may be saying, Listen, there's going to be some things coming in your life going to try to pull you away. He said, Depart from that evil. Walk with God. Might be you pick up your Bible and in your Bible reading, you're, you're asking the Lord, show me something today. And all of a sudden your eyes land on, on, on Philippians uh, uh, 4.13. He says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You got up that morning you're thinking, I just, I, I got this going on today and this, I don't know how. I can handle it. I'm about at the breaking point. I just don't have the strength anymore. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And the Holy Spirit says, trust in the Lord. But he said, when you trust in the Lord, he said, I want you to realize that Jesus Christ will give you the strength to go through the day. He said, I just don't know. This is different. He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. All things. Not just this or that, but all things. Well, I just don't know. All things. But preacher, all things. He will strengthen us. He will guide us. And the Holy Spirit's trying to get us to listen and, and pick you up. You were down when you started. Before you got into Scripture, you was down thinking about how hard it was going to be. If you didn't know if you could carry on. If you didn't know, you go on. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's showing you through the Scripture, you can do all things through Christ, which will strengthen you. Can I tell you, that's God speaking to you. That's God speaking. If that's not God speaking, we might as well hang it all up. He begins to speak and he applies those verses as the Holy Spirit takes them. Yes, there was the, there was the, uh, the, rev uh, the revelation there of who God is, that He is all power. You could go back to the application as, as that was being written to, to the Philippians. They was going through some very difficult struggles in their times. And, they was, and, and Paul was in jail and, and they was being persecuted during that time. And he writes this letter back to them and said, Listen, you can do all things through Christ. That's the application. But he says, for you and I today, we can apply it to our lives and say, I can face all things because of the power of Jesus Christ that's there. I can face them in my life. Hey, listen, we've got to learn to listen. It'll comfort us as we apply the Word of God. As He speaks comfort to us through the, the Word of God. Boy, there's been those times that every person in here, you've been through struggles, you've been through strife, and, 
and you're, you're torn, you're broken. Well, get in the Word of God and let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you. He'll take verses like, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Basically, he, he just kind of pulls you up close and says, listen, I'm right here. I've never left. You may think you're all alone, but I've never left you. Verse after verse, you go through the scriptures, you read, and the Holy Spirit will begin to direct and apply it to your life for your need right now. But here's our problem. Are we listening when we read the scripture? Are we listening? Or are we just reading it to say we've read it? Are we just reading it to Mark off a, a, a box on our prayer or on our Bible reading sheet. We must learn to listen. You may read 10, you may, you may read 10 chapters. I don't know how many chapters you read. I read anywhere from five to 10 chapters of a morning for my devotions. But what I'm asking God to do, Lord, if there's just one verse, speak to me through that one verse. If there's just one that you want to speak to me through, speak to me through that verse. It may be that you only read a chapter a day. Lord, speak to me through your word. Speak to me through your word. And honestly, let's get real honest. Sometimes we didn't read it. And we're going through a difficult time. And all of a sudden, God says, you remember that verse? And He'll speak to your heart. And He'll reveal and speak. But oh, if we would read it and listen as the Holy Spirit begins to speak and begins to deal with your heart and your mind and your soul, the Lord speaks to you and I through Scripture. But we've got to listen. Say, preacher, how do you do that? When you pick up that book, the Word of God, treat it that way. It is the Word of God. Treat it that way and say, Lord, Just even as Samuel said, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And begin to read the scripture. Go into reading the Bible expecting God to speak to your heart. You say, preacher, what if if I don't get anything out of it? Read it again. What if I don't get anything out of it? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's got something for you. He's going to put it in step with you. It may be that you you didn't get anything out of what you read today, but you're out today and all of a sudden something that you read yesterday comes back, doesn't it? God speaks. It might have been a verse from the days before. And then all of a sudden, down through the, a few weeks later, that one day when you thought you didn't get anything out of it, all of a sudden God says, now I can speak to you. I want to apply this to you. I'm preparing you. 
listen when he speaks. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies of God. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, that you do speak to us through your word. Help us to listen when we read the scripture or when we hear the scripture. Allowing you to speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen us for your will. Help us to know you through the revelation of your word. Help us to have understanding through the interpretation. And Lord, help us to apply what you speak to us about. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me?